as leaders, we know the change well before the people. So we have to think when they get that information, it's for the first time. So how can I come at that with a high level of empathy so that we can help you through that process and give you a little bit of grace in that time? Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for joining Jeremy and I for another episode of the Navigates People First podcast. We are excited to have you here. Jay, good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. Um, we're going to start out with something a little unique. Um, always love the podcast, but um, want to talk about if you had to describe how you're feeling right now as an amusement park ride. Amusement park ride. What ride are you on right now, Jay? You know, normally I'd go with something like uh, Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance, something yes. exciting and and uh, fresh. And we new. shall fight the dark side. Yes. Uh, right now, I kind of feel like I'm that train running around Disney World, uh, <laughs> feeling a little under the weather, and just chugging along, just chugging along, just going through, getting from one place to the next. So, yeah, it is. Uh, it is that time of the year. I've got to go with the. I was. I was thinking Indiana Jones and um, that adventure because it's. There's always a lesson from the past. There's always that history side of things, you know, that I love. So I got to get that history side. Um, it's usually a wild ride, but I'm going Expedition Everest. Oh, I like that. You know, I it, I know it's a fake mountain, but it is in Florida. And I still like the going up and coming back down and going up and coming back down. It's still a feat. And I'm like, I just, I feel like that's life right now. It's a, it's a, um, reminds me of like the, a life. It's a bit of a climb. It's about a bit of a backup. It's a bit of a climb. And so you're doing that. It's, it's a heck of a ride. And so um, I'm going to go, uh, yeah, Express Everest. I like yeah. that. All right. One of my favorites. So Jay, another side of things, and I have the idea that you're going to know this, but how did Indiana Jones get his name? I feel like that's a good trivia question for our podcast listeners. It is. Perfect question. Do you know the answer? I do. Okay. You go ahead and say. I know that like George Lucas loved Steve McQueen. And Steve McQueen was in some movie called like Nevada Smith or something like that in the 60s. I, I, one way or another, George Lucas named his dog something, and then that's how he named Indiana Jones. So, am I close? Yeah. Well, it's something like that. In, in movie canon, it was revealed in The Last Crusade that Indiana, his name was not Indiana, obviously. It was Henry Jones Jr. And then uh, Sean Connery, as his father, reveals that they named the dog Indiana. <laughs> Famous one-liner, which was glorious in canon anyway. Yeah. So a little history. It's always a bumpy ride. We learn a little something there. <laughs> awesome. So speaking of wild rides, it's benefit, benefit enrollment season. Many HR teams are likely knee-deep in open enrollment process right now. Um, at Navigate, we just completed our open enrollment. And uh, so at Navigate, our people-first culture has been our priority for the last 15 years. That includes taking care of our people when it comes to the benefits that we provide. When we think about creating and maintaining a people-first culture, we need amazing people with us on that ride because it is a roller coaster. That's why we're so excited to have our Director of People and Culture, Amy Boyce, with us today, chatting about our enrollment, benefits, our people-first culture, and bringing that together. Amy, it's awesome to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit of background and what brought you to HR. 
Wow, that's a lot. Oh, uh, so yeah, yeah a long it usually time is ago, here. It usually yeah. is. Our, our conversation earlier was all about sports, so that's what got me into this. I wanted to be a sports reporter, huh? so I went really? to Iowa no State. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to be a sports reporter. I grew up wanting to be that sideline reporter. I did a lot of that in college, and I realized it's a lot of nights and weekends. <laughs> it's not not fun, not tailgating with your team and your friends. So I kind of ditched that and went the route of corporate America and found a way to channel some of those skills into then training and development. And I always said I was the fun side of HR, and now I'm actually doing real HR stuff. So, <laughs> you know, it just kind of happens that way. When you think about um, your experience in you got wonderful experience of building world-class workplaces and, and, you know, directing our people and culture here at Navigate. What do you think, you know, you've been here over a year now. Yeah. What brought you to Navigate and our culture and, and what we're doing at Navigate? Another great person. So Christy Smith, who is our VP over growth, I had worked with her in a previous role and she called me up one day and she said, are you ready to work? together again. And I said, absolutely. Yes. Tell me more. So great people brought me here, first of all, and then learning more about the organization. I think anytime you're in an HR space or an employee engagement space, you want to know that the leadership is just as vested in people as you are. So that's half the battle. When you have the people that believe that that's important and want to put that first, it's a win-win for someone like me who can come into that space and learn and grow from someone you've already worked with, but then also know that it's going to be backed because we know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Mentorship. Mm -hmm. That's another avenue potentially. I know Christy's been a, a mentor of you for a long time. And hi, Christy. Um, <laughs> having that mentor in your life when it comes to your current job or jobs beforehand, maybe talk to me a little bit about that of like mm -hmm. how that has helped you along your pathway. I think a mentor encourages you to do things you don't think are possible and they open up avenues for you. So benefits. I mean, that's why we're here today. I would have never said I'm a benefits expert. I still wouldn't say that. Uh, I would never say that I'm an HR expert. I would still never say that. But I've done benefits things and I've done HR things and I've gotten that experience and that exposure. And I was given opportunities because I said yes to stuff that I didn't think I was ready for, but someone else saw that in me. And I think that's what a mentor does. One of the things around engaging employees in benefit conversations is communications. Mm. I think one of the things I've learned from my mentors is taking time to listen, listen again, and then listen more. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to that, designing those benefits for this multi-generational workforce that we're in right now, communications is key. Mm -hmm. Jay, when you think about ensuring kind of effective communications to employees and, you know, who we work with every single day at our own company, but then also out in the ecosystem, where do you, where do you see this, the communication side of things of being that, that feature or that benefit to how we're, how we're connecting benefit enrollment to what we're doing every single day in wellness? I, I start with communicating over and over again, right? I've heard Amy say this many, many times is that one time's not enough seven times is probably the number we want to see. Let's try to at least hit three. And the more methods of communication you can do, the easier it's going to be for everybody. You may not hit someone with an email. You may hit them with a poster. You may hit them with you know, a push notification, that sort of thing. Uh, but communicating quite a bit. And 
to me, the best way to understand communication is to understand the audience of the people that you're trying to communicate. And that's different. Everybody out there has some sort of different need, has a, a preferred pathway for communication. So you've got to have an approach that is going to cross over different methods of communication. So whether that be a an intranet, it's an email, it's a notification in Slack or Teams, it's a push notification to your device through whatever means that is, it's a poster hanging up in the office. All of those things combined lead to an effective communication. You've got to take a, a broad approach. And then you've also got to consider targeted approaches to the individuals and what are the things that motivate them. And that's one of the, the foundations we've been building our platform on, which is not specifically generated or specifically designed to be a benefit communication platform, but it's designed to drive people there based on their needs. So I think you've got to combine all of the tools you have at your resources. As an HR professional, you've probably got more than anybody else. So I think of taking a broad approach and a personalized approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we think about that American workforce right now, you know, five distinct generations working shoulder to shoulder with one another. Each one of those different age cohorts have different needs. So Amy, when you think about the different needs of just from our staff and your point of view, what do you think about how making sure we're connecting that personalization to the benefits that our folks need based on their generation? So I think we get a lot of support from the committees that we have, right? So we have committees that are doing work in DEI, in women's health. Of course, we have well-being and, and social things that we do too. But that's kind of the boots on the ground for us. They are the ones that are having the conversations. They're bringing back that information and saying, this is what people need. And this is how we might be able to help support that. So I think through some of those conversations, we've heard what are some of the trends that are important to people? Where can we focus some of our energy? Where do maybe some of the one-on-one -on -one conversations need to have? And, and that's what I would add. I mean, Jeremy said that, you know, it starts broad, but also you have to have that time for that individual conversation because people don't have questions until they have questions. And part of scheduling for me during this time is blocking out time for the questions that are going to happen and having the empathy to sit with someone and say, I get it. This is the first time you've had to make your benefits elections. You've been on your parents' plan. You might have been in the workforce a couple of years. You've seen these come through. So it's not completely foreign to you. But yet it's the first time you've had to make this decision. So let's sit down. Let's talk through it a little bit ask your questions, and have a lot of empathy for wherever they're at in that space. We look at, sometimes we look at benefit enrollment time as, um, it is, it's, it's, there's a lot of time that goes into it. There's, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. It's not secret that there's going to be difficult conversations sometimes, but there's also positive conversations that can happen too. I look at this as, this is another moment that matters in the employee experience. So how are we making that employee experience um, an elevated positive one through the benefits enrollment time. When you think about letting people know how we care, we can communicate, make it a great experience, what other things are you seeing from our committees or from other just listening exercises that we do through surveys and like that that bringing us to a, a benefit program that's connecting to our employees? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now is the medical plan is just a given right? Medical benefits are just something that is standard for someone anymore. So where are we focusing on some of either the ancillary benefits or those additional plans like around maternity, fertility type treatments? Where are we getting additional support? Even, you know, for pets, what if someone's not choosing that route and they have a pet? Are we supplying uh, an option for them to be able to have pet insurance and those type of things? So 
that's where we're understanding more about that experience through those conversations, through the surveying, through understanding, even just the trend of the questions that come into me, listening and picking up on the themes of I'm getting a lot of questions around X. So we should spend some time around that. And, and Jay, we're seeing the largest increase in a decade when it comes to healthcare costs and, and the plans that are out there for employees. When you think about stewarding budgets well, how can technology help? How can what we do every single day potentially help steward those budgets accordingly so the brunt of those fees just don't go on the employees? Well, I appreciate that question because I think it's a passion of, of ours, of, of Navigates in general. The demand, I think maybe you'd agree that the demand for more benefits has has steadily increased, mm-hmm. right? You talked about maternity, you talked about fertility, even even uh, voluntary benefits like pet insurance, that sort of thing. But we we tend to put them in place and they tend to not get utilized, right? The the EAP program, everybody's got an EAP program and the utilization of it is single digits, if greater than one percent in most places. That's that's just not the case. So as a steward of our budget, of our own money, and of wanting to take care of our people, we've got to utilize those benefits or we've got to move past them. Right. So when you've got something like an EAP program, which can be incredibly valuable, but people either don't know about it mm-hmm. or don't understand it enough to be comfortable to, to have that conversation or to reach out, it's, it's our responsibility to educate. Yeah. It's our responsibility to make people comfortable. It's our responsibility to say... These are benefits that we want you. We're paying for them. Please take advantage of them. The benefits aren't a secret. No. Let's let's get them out no, there. No, I yeah. want them out there. Yeah. I want you to utilize them. And that's, you know, one of the one of the powers of our platform is to educate people about benefits. I think later on this year, early next year, we're going to show through some case study and white paper that we're having a ton of success educating people, educating our participants about their specific benefits. And I'm really very much looking forward to showing those results to the group. But early preliminary stuff is showing that we're activating people into these benefits somewhere at the rate of 50 to 65% of the time. Now, we can't get them to walk through the door, but we can definitely drop them off on the threshold. And say, we can advocate for them on their exactly. personalization and how they're doing. So it's one thing to have a program and people participating and signing up initially. How are you seeing ongoing participation happen when it comes to the benefits that we're providing and how we're utilizing our well-being platform and technology to keep people engaged in utilizing those resources. I think a lot of that comes down to culture. Do you have a culture where people are wanting to ask questions and come to you with some of those issues, right? Is it empathetic? Is it comfortable for someone to come in and ask you a question? And can you refer them back to the EAP? Can you give them additional support and resources? Can you direct them into utilizing some of the things that we have in place, right? So not just having that education available, but hey, you've seen that on the platform many, many times. Go back to that and explore that a little bit. So having some of that structure built for you, but then also that welcoming environment so people can come back to you and ask the questions and and get that redirection when they need it. And that time spent, we're learning more and more about, Jay, you mentioned this, about enhancing the employee experience and enhancing the employee benefits. Right now, HR is focusing on that for retention and for recruiting. We're still in that mode, and I think we're going to be there for a while. As you start to see how there's only so much budget, and we need to steward those budgets. Average HR has 42 different vendors. (laughs) How do you see 
our ability to potentially help them, again, steward those budgets well when it comes to there's only so much PEPM. The first thing to do is what are you what are you doing with your wellness program? What are your thoughts behind it? There needs to be a concrete set of goals that you're trying to achieve. And we we work with all of our clients in that way. We we don't necessarily look at ROI as, you know, what your biometric risk trend is, though we definitely have that. Every one of our clients has an individual ROI plan set up with them. I think that's how you need to take your first step. What are you trying to achieve? Do you want to curve those risk trends? Do you want to engage your population? Do you want to activate those benefits? All of the above are possible, but let's start with what makes sense to you. So you say, all right, maybe I want to activate my benefits. Great. We build a program around that. And then we use all the tools that are available to us. Like Amy was talking about culture is the most important thing. What goes into culture? What's makeup of that? So we know tried and true lessons from well-being that if you have an active and engaged leadership that's promoting not only your well-being program, but your benefits in general, they're having conversations about that and letting and letting people know that they need to utilize these. If you have a, uh, a solid communication plan that's going out, that's that's customized and personalized and multi, multimodal that's going out to, to different channels, if you've got well-being champions in play... All of those things are going to drive culture. Culture is going to drive activation into the programming. And the programming is going to be the filter for your benefits. It's going to drive people to the ones that make sense for them, that they're going to need to take advantage of. And the ones that are not, they can go by the wayside and Navigate's crew is going to help you make those decisions long term, along with your broker. That resource audit is so important, right? That resource audit and being able to look at all the resources we have available embedding them into the communications, the ad hoc communications, the personalized communications, getting that out there and seeing what are people utilizing, mm-hmm. right? And then seeing that resource audit and say, hey, this stuff isn't being used. Maybe it's based on your demographic, maybe it's based on just your overall company culture. Let's utilize those dollars for something different that, again, could help maybe personalize toward that other generation that we're trying to touch on within our health and well-being, our benefits. Amy, when you think about open enrollment um, in that process, how do you measure success? How how do you specifically measure success? (laughs) I think one of the biggest things, did everyone do it? You know, is everyone going through it? Is everyone able to click the button and make the decision and successfully do that? I think that's one of the biggest things. But then, you know, part of it's on the questions that you get and, and how you're feeling those the amount of stress that you're feeling in the time. I mean, some of those things aren't, you know, something that we can really measure in a lot of ways. And then, you know, now we're into the point after enrollment where we're looking to see, okay, we did some mapping and we had new plans. So where do we see people moving into those new plans or some of our strategies around our contribution matching up to the expectations we had when we set that strategy a couple months ago. So taking a look at and reflecting back on, okay, what did we think was going to happen and what actually happened so that we can, you know, adjust or support it as needed. Open enrollment is a stressful time. As an HR professional, how are you managing that stress or how did you manage that stress during that time? I think you plan for it to come. I think you have, I mean, most people have like an HR calendar, right? We know kind of the things that are going to hit throughout the year. We do annual engagement surveys or we do open enrollment or we have other things that are happening throughout the year that we need to plan and prepare for performance management, right? So planning that throughout the year, kind of seeing where your calendar is at around those things and then blocking it appropriately so that you have the time to do the work um, and, and just kind of just preparing for it in that way, I think. 
navigate. We have wellness hours, right? I mean, there's a huge opportunity to tout that here. And that's one of the things I had to do for myself too, was continue to take advantage of that. I know it's stressful. I know the questions are going to keep coming, but I can take one hour to go to the gym. It'll be okay Absolutely. if I don't respond yeah. to someone in we want that you to do that. Yeah. We want you to do that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I continued to do the things I knew that I needed for myself. But I also knew I'm probably going to have to turn on my computer a few more times in the evening just to make sure I can meet the needs of the people that need me in a short period of time. I think that the discipline to the process, I think that what you, mm. what we have, what we experience, what we see successful organizations that we team up with during this process is that dis- discipline of the process. Mm. And they, they do a wonderful job. They're over communicating. They're listening beforehand. They're setting the strategy they're building that out. And I think that connecting the right employees with the right resources at the right time and using data for good, as we talk about, that helps support that. Jay, when you think about using data during this time to help inform decisions about the benefit offerings, any recommendations or anything that you're seeing that we can provide a navigate or folks are pulling in when it comes to that data and using it for good for their benefit enrollment? Yeah, I I think the first thing to do that I would recommend to any of our clients or anybody out there listening is to talk, talk to your account managers, talk to your brokers and ask what data is available. You'd be surprised at what we can provide. So employee engagement surveys, understanding about mental health or diversity, equity, inclusion, that's built into what you're getting out of Navigate. Our dashboards and reporting are showing you what resources are being taken advantage of on the platform. Just go ahead and ask if you need some sort of piece of data in all likelihood, we've got the ability to give you some sort of insight into that. And if we don't have something canned, then we can build a survey or some sort of special report that would allow you to understand that. So speaking of stress, we talked about how you handle stress. The open enrollment process can be incredibly stressful for -hmm. for our people, right? One of the things that... uh, you know, you talked about maybe it's someone who's on benefits, their own benefit for the first time. They just turned 26. They are, they're off their, their parents' benefit. Or maybe it's a family plan changing. Mm-hmm. Benefit plans are always more expensive, right? It's part of well-being's mission is to curve that cost. What are some of the strategies you would recommend out there for people who are trying to communicate a tough decision or a, you know, a difficult change that's, that, that might negatively impact some people's lives? Yeah. Uh, We've talked a lot about communication plan, and I think that's a huge thing. So this throwback to my journalism 101 here. So I think one of the things that we thought about is we need to tell people what's coming. So tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Mm -hmm. So that was part of our intentional strategy in a time where maybe it wasn't the best renewal for some people. It wasn't always good news. So having that strategy. So we met with people ahead of our benefit partner coming in and having meetings. We met with all of the teams individually or as many as we could reach in a, in a short turnaround time to say, heads up, here's what's happening. Want to give you some food for thought. Want to let you know what's coming down the down the pipe for you. And then we had those benefit meetings so that when we had them, people had some questions in mind to ask really the expert, right? So we teed that up for them and then followed that up with additional resources, a recording of the webinar, uh, additional handouts and information to help people through that process as they were making the decision. And then the last part of it, reach out with any questions, really open that door. And once you start demonstrating that, I know people talk to each other and they're going to say, hey, I've reached out to Amy and I asked her this question. Just reach out to her and ask her. 
whatever you have. And it's fine to be able to do that. I'm more than happy to help in those situations. And if I don't know the answer, I'm resourceful. I can pass it off to who I know can answer those things. So it really comes down to that communication strategy in that way. And then there's that change management piece. I I think as leaders, we know the change well before the people, often days before, weeks before. So when we have that information, we've already kind of worked through and processed it. So we have to think when they get that information, it's for the first time. So how can I come at that with a high level of empathy, I think our culture is also very transparent. What's the why behind the what? Mm -hmm. And sharing that with people so that we can help you through that process and give you a little bit of grace in that time. Because, you know, when that bad news comes, you have to kind of take it for a minute and let people process through that and get to the point where they can ask their questions. And you have to sit back and be able to wait for that and not get frustrated. That's a really easy point to get frustrated and be like, this is not working and throw your hands up. But you have to kind of be patient and wiggle through that discomfort so that you can be there for people when they're ready. You know, you mentioned our committees and, you know, our employee resource groups that are around and navigate and other companies out there. I think that was one of the the great avenues that we obtained information by listening to those committees. When I think about the trends that are happening when it comes to benefits, mm-hmm. um, it's women's health, it's elder care, um, it's pet care, um, it's still mental health, those things. When you think about those committees and how they've helped you kind of think about other benefits that are available that we want to have available either today or down the road, what, what are you seeing bubbling up for new trends through those committees or anything? I mean, I think you really hit on the things that are there. I think the other thing that we focus on a lot is DEI. So a lot of our audience is going to have to really think about healthcare across other cultures or other races and how that's disparate against the three of us sitting at this table, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we support all employees with whatever that might look like for them? One of the things I love is our Navigate You, and I talk about it quite frequently because I think that it is a it's an X factor when it comes to inclusion communication mm-hmm. and having insight on how people communicate. And so I've had over 15 employees that we work with at Navigate ask for my personality assessment and I get to see theirs. Yeah. We get to see them side by side. So when I'm walking into a meeting, I know Kinsey's personality. I know I know Amy's personality. I know Jeremy's personality. I have that right there. And sometimes I get, get to review that. Just having that information mm-hmm. creates another opportunity for us to have an inclusive conversation and how we're communicating to one another. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that that's just another opportunity for us of taking care of our people. And that's a benefit. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily in the enrollment side, but it's a benefit that we can kind of help bring together. So Jay, when it comes to advocating for the benefits after the initial enrollment, we think about our total health, that resource audit. That's one piece I think that we really differentiate ourselves in the marketplace of being able to advocate for the benefits that you existingly have and being able to bring data back to that that consultant, um, that producer in building out better plans in the future. Talk about maybe how total health combines with that that Ben admin and and that total health and wellness, how they kind of maybe connect the dots for using, again, data for good. Yeah, the, the, like I said, the utilization of benefits could be higher and should be higher. And we all want them there. We put them in place. They cost us money and they're there to do good things for people, but they're not being utilized at a huge effort. One of the powers of total health is to drive people to those benefits. Our flagship product personalizes your well-being program to you. That means content. That means programming. 
But perhaps the most impactful things is personalization of utilization of benefits. So if I come in and as the platform knows, learns more about you through your biometrics and through the total health survey, it's going to change your program for you. That means if your focus is on something like mental health or maybe financial literacy, then the financial literacy aspects of your benefit package are going to be brought into your program. So let's say you've got a 401k provider who provides a, a course, or maybe you've got you know, something like your money line or friend Pete the planner. That will be now part of your well-being program, which is already incentivized. So you're utilizing that incentive to not just drive a well-being outcome, but a benefit outcome as well. So we take those benefits, change up the program for all of the participants, and then we can on aggregate tell you who got recommended into which programs and who activated into which of those programs. And that, that data is invaluable to our HR professionals saying, oh, we had this many people activate into a nutrition program or a health coaching program. Now we take that next step and talk to those vendors and see, okay, what did that extra activation lead to? A tremendous, what we're hearing is a tremendous increase in utilization of those programs. And utilization of those programs, we know drives results. That's what they're there for. So if we drive an extra 20% of people to Lavongo's front door, then we know they're going to take it the next step and drive results from those people with diabetes. We're seeing a lot of benefit activation. I think that's that's one of the key things of total health, I think, uh, that sets us apart from what other people are out there are doing. One of the most compelling aspects of total health and what we're doing within the well-being space is being able to hyper-personalize that to the individual. Yep. And then when we hyper-personalize that to the individual, we can hyper-personalize that to the multi-generations that are out there and to me, that creates a blanket of care saying, hey, we're thinking about you and your individual as a whole person, not just an employee. To me, that's a huge differentiator. What I also look at it is, is a hyper-personalization to our consultants um, and to our brokers that are out there looking to say, how can we do more good through the well-being program that another touch point that we have to our employees and that whole experience to come back to help the strategy as a company overall when it comes to their healthcare costs their social connectivity, their career development, all those different things they're trying to do within that employee experience. It's one variable, but it's also taking that data and turning it into insights. Yeah. That to me is the most important thing is saying, we've got all these data points, we're listening, we're hearing you, and we're taking that data and we're turning into insights to help hyper-personalization. Absolutely. The, the concept of a hub has been around forever. Everybody wants to be a hub. Navigate has truly turned our platform into a hub on top of your well-being programs. The well-being program provides the programming, the content, the resources, but now it's providing the drive, the push over to those benefits, and the analytics to support HR professionals, leadership team, convincing your CFO that you're spending your dollars well, and to help your brokers do their job even better. Navigate wants to be right at the center of healthcare benefits, well-being, and a real aid for HR professionals to do their job. And that could mean something like surveys, that could mean program personalization, that could mean content. Even time back. Exactly. Yeah. We want to be the epicenter of employee engagement, benefit activation, and your well-being program. So Amy, benefit enrollment's over. Mm -hmm. When you think about what's next, your focus for the fourth quarter of the year when it comes to 
your role responsibilities. Talk to us a little bit about where your focus is at and what you're thinking. Yeah, well, we mentioned Navigate You earlier, and I'm now certified in that tool to be able to coach and debrief to that tool. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, We're having a lot of team conversations now around it, and we'll be doing more internally with it. Uh, So we did uh, individual development planning. So one of our goals is uh, training and development for everyone. So really sitting down with everybody and understanding where they're at. How can we make work work for them? Mm -hmm. Spending time on that conversation and then using that Navigate You tool in order to just strengthen those relationships. I think from a benefit perspective, I'm able to use that when people are asking me questions because I'm familiar enough with the tool. I know, okay, this person's more data minded. I need to bring them some numbers or this person uh, is more relational. So I need to talk more about the relational aspect and spend some more time on empathy and those type of things that are important to them. So that's just an example of how I use it day to day. But how do we get our other leaders using that in their day to day conversations? And then the external part of that uh, is working with our brokers, working with our clients to help them understand the tool for them to work with their teams, for them to see the application of it. Because the first part is that self-discovery. I think that's where we're all at with this tool. It's new for us. It's new for our clients and our folks. But then the next application is then, okay, I understand it for me, but how can I now use this in an intentional way in my relationships as I'm working with others? So spending a lot of time on those type of things. And then we're always ongoing leadership training, ongoing manager support. How can we meet people with where they are with their skill set and help grow their skill set? We talked about budget a lot. We don't have unlimited budget dollars to do all these type of things. So uh, we're looking at a lot of opportunities for even cross-functional collaboration, job shadowing type things. How do I know what a different role is to see if I'm interested in it? So some of it is direct training things. What can I do to make my skill set stronger here? But then where can I also explore a little bit to see what might be of interest? I mentioned right off the top, I've gotten to do so many different things. It started in training and development and all these HR things. So how do we expose people to those opportunities within Navigate? I love where you're going with that. Part of the vision we have in in coordination with Amy's work with Navigate U is to take the data we're learning from Navigate U and and add it to our communication platform. Our platform right now allows us to tailor messages based on things like location, department, job code, age, gender, the things that you're doing in the platform. But the vision is to take the, the personality motivators, the archetypes that are that are driving who you are and what you value and using that to communicate or to customize an experience on our platform and our communication to you. So I have a vision one day where the platform message you're getting varies depending on what motivates you, not just what you're doing in the platform or where you work, but how you work and what drives you personally. And I think the more personal and experience your communications can get or your platform can get, the more likely we are to engage you. And I think giving that kind of tool to HR professionals, not just from a training standpoint, but a training standpoint, but also from a communication platform standpoint would be incredibly powerful. One of my favorite things on our alignment board when it comes to technology is that specifically. Yeah. When you think about communicating to my generation and saying, Troy, go to your annual physical. Okay, I might read it. If you say, Troy, be around for Caroline's graduation, be around for Caroline's um, when she gets married, I'm going to click that and I'm going to go in there. I'm like, yes, I'm getting there, right? Yep. That frame of thinking and that hyper-personalization, I think is 
it's just where we have to go and it's where we need to go. And I'm looking forward to like how all these things connect. We talk about the engagement equation and that employee experience, and it's just not well-being. It's career. And it's, am I connected to my purpose? Am I connected to my, what I really want to do as an individual when it comes to my job? Does my, does the company that I work for connect with my purpose along with where I live and my engage in my community? All those things add up to the whole person. And the more that we think about how we hyper-personalize that individual, the better I think we're going to have a better workforce, a more productive one, higher retention rates, recruiting the best and the brightest and and keeping them. And that's where I think that I love the dynamic side of things of what we're doing within communications and being you know different in the well-being space. Combine that with great benefits, combine that with a great experience and enrollment, let our folks know that we care about them. To me, that's where um, we're not forfeiting an opportunity to create a great culture. We're connecting all those dots. Yep. Can I bring this full circle and tell you what my amusement park ride was going to be? Yes, I would love to. I love it. What was it going to be? So, and I think you you teed this up so well right here. I was going to say the Ferris wheel. Okay. So I think what you just said. The state, Iowa State Fair or the Ferris wheel in London? Like I think just a Ferris wheel (laughs) in general, whichever one you relate to, right? Because they all do something similar. They're all going to get you on at one particular point, right? And then you're going to go up a little bit and you're going to start to see, and then you got to stop and you got to wait. And you got to do those things. And so that's kind of benefits Show enrollment. That's a patience. little bit of employee engagement, right? And then you get to this point where you're at the top and you get to look around and you feel that and you're like, okay, this is hitting. This feels really good. And then you got to come back down around because the next project or the next thing is coming around, right? So that's why I was going to say Ferris well, because you have those points of being in the weeds, starting and stopping, but then you get this great view at, at, at certain points of it that's to really enjoy. That's solid. That's yeah, that's solid. that's solid. I like that. <laughs> we guys know we always end the episode on a high note um, with the best day ever. My first green vest. Didn't anybody notice? Throwing it out there. Um, Amy, give us a vest day ever. What's a good, something that maybe you've experienced uh, recently and, and want to maybe share, maybe share? Yeah. So my vest day ever was uh, Saturday. So I'm doing one-on-one days with both of my kids. So I have a nine-year-old daughter, Isla. She's in fourth grade. And I have a seven-year-old son, Hayes, who's in second grade. And so this last Saturday, I got to spend all day with Isla doing all the things Isla wanted to do. Have you seen the movie Yes Day? My kids think they need a yes day. So this is kind of like their individual yes days. So I got to spend all day with her uh, she hit my credit card real hard uh, <laughs> and we had a blast. We had so much fun and had all the boba tea and, and all the things. Right. And then upcoming this Saturday, I'll do my one on one day with Hayes. So he's hers was more shopping oriented and his is going to be all the activities, all of the trampoline parks and all the stuff <laughs> like that. So you got another good day coming. I do. That's awesome. And ex- That's another cool. expensive day coming. That's awesome. <laughs> Jay, what do you got? So by the time this episode is out, we should probably have our new puppy in-house. Hey, so, all right. Uh, puppy was born last week. We got some videos. Uh, so awesome. wait a little while for it to get a little older, get uh, you know, a little healthier, get out into the world and a little training, and we'll pick, a, pick him up uh, pretty soon. So really excited about that. That's awesome. He's going to get big. Yes. Yes. What are we talking? The last one was uh, 115 pounds. Oh, dang. So, yeah, he's, he's about this big right now. That's a big pup. That's a big vest. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say my good thing is 
this past weekend, I love to travel. Uh, my wife and, and Caroline and I, we were able to go to uh, San Diego. Caroline loves watching the San Diego Zoo on TV. So we were able to go to the San Diego Zoo and walk her around for th- three and a half hours. That's a lot of walking. It's very hilly. Three and a half hours. <laughs> um, it is very hilly. Yeah. Very hilly. It, it was just, it was great. Um, she's like, here's a lion's name and here's a, this name and whatever. And she knew that. But just seeing that kid in like seeing something on TV that she watches and then seeing the people now she's changing her entire room into a jungle theme. And so now we've got a jungle theme coming. Um, thank goodness for all the stores that have jungle theme things. But, you know, just spending that time with family, you know, getting a little breath and seeing some uh, great um, Southern California sunshine w- was wonderful. And so, um, yeah, that's my good. Can't, can't complain. Travel was easy. So love it. There you go. All right, guys. I want to thank everybody who supports our podcast. We really appreciate all of you guys out there and the input that you've given. Um, we want to thank Amy for being our, our guest. Jay, as always, thanks for, for being part of this. We really appreciate all those HR folks that are out there really showing care around the benefit enrollment process, connecting with those multi-generational workforces, getting the benefits to the, the right people at the right time. Um, this is a tough time. Hang in there. We appreciate all that you do every single day and all the navigators out there. Um, thank you for all that you do every single day to make that HR person's job a little bit easier and give them time back with their family. So uh, from the People First podcast, we say thank you and have a great week, everybody. We'll see you. <laughs>